0: We're green-streaming, green-streaming, Thoreau. I'm going to podcast Thoreau's journal, and this is 1844 and 1845, since 1844 is so short. Uh, Back from Staten Island. Hmm, he came back, he was in Staten Island. He had been in New York working with his, Emerson's brother. Back from Staten Island, Throw helped his father with the family pencil making. Uh Uh, He took a summer excursion with Ellery Channing, who was an eccentric offshoot of the noted Channing family. They trekked through the mountains of northwestern Massachusetts and eastern New York, State. He accidentally set some of Concord's woods aflame, thereby confirming his townspeople, men in their low view of him. He published some miscellaneous pieces in the final volume of the dial. His journal during this year, like that for the year before, survives only in scattered fragments. It seems his 1944 journal is fragmented. <laughs> January 10th, Sunday. I believe that no law of mechanics which is observed and obeyed from day to day is better established in the experience of men than this. That love never fails to be repaid in its own coin. That just as high as the waters rise in one vessel, just so high they will rise in every other into which there is communication either direct or underground or from above the stars. Our love is, besides some such independent fluid element in respect to our vessels, which still obeys only its own and not our laws by any means, without regard to the narrow limits to which we would confine it. Nor is the least object too small for the greatest love to be bestowed upon Hmm, let's throw on love, hmm, that's it for 1844, well, there's one entry on love, we're done with 1844, 1845, a little longer, this was the year when Thoreau decided that he would simplify his life by loosening his bonds with civilization. In spring he built a hut close to Walden Pond and on Independence Day took possession of it. In its box-like confines began the most successful stint of writing he would ever do. He would cover most of this year it would cover most of this year and the next and would result in extensive drafts, both of A Week on the Concord and Merrimack Rivers and Walden. The journal, starting July 5th, again becomes full and rich, and it is filled with passages that will later appear polished in the two books. So basically, dear, he's collecting that in his journal, the material that will end up in Walden. So now we actually, we arrive at Walden, it's 1845.
1: first he put it in Walden, that's
0: how he wrote the We are at, we are at 1845 and Thoreau is about 28 and he's gone to Walden. <laughs> actually they said he took possession on Independence Day. <laughs> he became independent. On Independence Day. Hmm. Hmm. Is that cool? Mm-hmm. July 5th, <clears throat> Saturday, Walden. Wow, it claims to be in Walden. We finally arrive in Walden. Yesterday I came here to live. My house makes me think of some mountain houses I have seen, which seem to have a fresher or a rural atmosphere about them, as I fancy, of the halls of Olympus. I lodged at the house of a sawmiller last summer on the Catskill Mountains, high up as pine orchard in the blueberry and raspberry region, where the quiet and cleanliness and coolness seemed to be all one Hmm. Do you think that quiet, cleanliness, and coolness can become one? Uh-huh. Hmm. Which other ambrosial character? He was the miller of the Catterskill Falls. Uh-huh. That's a real place in the Catskills. In the Catskill Falls, K-A-T-E-R-S-K-I-L-L. They were a clean and wholesome family, inside and out, like their house. The latter was not plastered, only late, and the inner doors were not hung. The house seemed high-placed, airy, and perfumed, fit to entertain a traveling god. It was so high. Indeed, that all the music, the broken strains, the waves, and the complements of tunes that swept over the ridge of the Catskills passed through its aisles. Do you think we could go to the Catskills as an old alternative to Massachusetts? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He sees it as a Waldenesh place. Could not man be man in such an abode? And would he ever find out this groveling life? It was the very light and atmosphere in which the works of Grecian art were composed, in which they rest. He claims it's the atmosphere in which Greek art was made. Uh They have appropriated themselves a loftier hall than mortals ever occupy, at least on a level, with the mountain brood. Brows of the world. There was wanting a little of the glare of the higher vales, and in its place a pure twilight, as became the precincts of heaven. Yet so equitable and calm was the season there that you could not tell whether it was morning or noon or evening. Always there was the sound of the morning cricket. Uh-huh. July 7th, I am glad to remember tonight, as I sit by my door, and I too am at least a remote descendant of that heroic race of man, of whom there is tradition, I too sit here, on the shore of my Ithaca, a fellow wanderer and survivor of Ulysses, how symbolical, significant of I no, not what. The pitchbine stands here before my door. Unlike any GIF, G-L-I-F-H GIF, I have seen, sculptured or painted, yet one of the nature's later designs, yet perfect as her cretian art. There it is, a dun tree. Who can mend it? And now, where is the generation of heroes whose lives are to pass amid these... Our northern pines, whose exploits shall appear to prosperity pictured amid these strong and shaggy forms. Shall there be any only arrows and bows to go with these pines on some pine stone quarry at length? There is something more respectable than railroads in these simple relics of the Indian race. What hieroglyphs shall we add to the pipe stone quarry? 1845. There is the memorable interval between the written and the spoken language, the language read and the language heard. The one is transient, a sound, a tongue, a dialect. All men learn it of their mothers. It is loquacious, fragmentary, raw material. The other is a reserved, select, matured expression, a deliberate word addressed to the ear of nations and generations." The one is natural and convenient, the other divine and instructive. You think he could have had this experience of Walden without his studying Greek and Latin at Wal- at Harvard? <laughs> well, you
1: know, it helps it uh your mind.
0: And you think he became you he could have become Henry David Thoreau that. without the that. classics? Saw, yeah. uh-huh. No. He had to have that. Along with the trees, (laughs) the clouds flit here below, genial, refreshing with their showers and gratifying gratifying with their tints. Alternate sun and shade, a grosser heavy heaven adapted to our trivial wants, but above them repose, the blue firmament and the stars. The stars are written words and stereotyped on the blue parchment of the skies. The fickle clouds that hide them from our view, which we on this side need, though heaven does not. These are our daily colloquies, our vaporous and garrulous breath. He says that we need the stars to be hidden by the clouds, but the stars don't need us. Mm-hmm. 1845, I have carried an apple in my pocket tonight, a sapsavine, sapsavine, they call it, Still now that I take my handkerchief out, it has got so fine a fragrance that it really seems like a friendly trick of some pleasant demon to entertain me with. It is redolent of the sweet-scented orchards of innocent, deeming harvest. I realize the existence of a goddess, Pomo, Pomona. Pomona.
1: <laughs> Who's pom, the... G- it's a, pom, it's a, a, a in French. Pom. So Pomona, he made
0: <laughs> He made this up. <laughs> it's a French. French word. It's, it's Greek. not Greek, right? No. Pomona, and that the gods have really intended that men should feed divinely like themselves on their own nectar and ambrosia. <laughs> they have so painted this fruit and weighed it with such a fragrance that it satisfies much more than an animal appetite. Do you think I could just live off ambrosia and nectar and this shit? year 2020 Uh about About me this reading is all just about me Uh me reading Uh Mm. but if one plus one equals one (laughs) (laughs) I'm one grapes peaches berries nuts etc are likewise provided for those who will sit at their sideboard Uh I have felt when partaking of this inspiring diet that my appetite was an indifferent consideration that eating became a sacrament, a method of communication, and ecstatic exercise, mingling of bloods, and a sitting at the communion table of the world. And so have not only quenched my thirst at the spring, but the help of the universe." Uh-huh. Do you think the health of the universe depends on our personal health? Hmm? Absolutely. Okay. The indecent haste and grossness with which our food is swallowed have cast a disgrace on the very act of eating itself. He doesn't like us to eat fast, But I do believe that if this process were rightly conducted, its aspect and effects would be wholly changed, and we should receive our daily life and health. Antaeus-like, A-N-T-A-E-U-S-like, with an ecstatic delight. And with upright front and innocent and graceful behavior, take our strength from day to day. This fragrance of the apple in my pocket has, I confess, deterred me from eating it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I am more effectually fed by it another way. Oh, he's introducing the smell diet, where you just smell food.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. you see how I Mm have
0: something to too. You think we should just sit and smell something for a while?
1: Have you ever notice how mm-hmm. wonderful it is when we go to shop apples, to buy apples? That space where they have it enclosed and...
0: Oh, to buy apples?
1: Yeah, it, uh, it, uh, the fragrance itself.
0: Where, where was the smell of apples? Oh, no, you mean the orchard? At, uh,
1: yeah. No, no, 30th Avenue, where 30th? to buy apples. All right. get the juice also? We wondered, I the
0: suppose apples? that's part of the experience, to smell also, the food. You don't Is this why we like to food shop so much?
1: Not <laughs> food, I mean the apples. The <laughs> apples. Yeah,
0: I agree, the apples do smell good. I do smell the apples, of course. I'm on the smell diet now. But I rush too much and I should eat slowly. Could I eat slower? Yeah,
1: you should eat slower. All and right. most you to eat salad. Can you?
0: Now, know. if I eat healthy, it'll make the whole universe healthy. <laughs> August, all nature is classic and akin to art. The sumac and pine and hickory which surround my house remind me of the most graceful sculpture. Sometimes their tops or a single limb or leaf seems to have grown to an distinct expression as it were a symbol for me to interpret. Poetry, painting, and sculpture claim at once and associate with themselves those perfect specimens of the art of nature. Leaves, vines, acorns, pines, cones, etc. The critic must at last stand as mute through though contented Before a true poem, as before an acorn or a vine leaf, the perfect work of art is received again into the bosom of nature once its material proceeded, and that criticism which can only detect its unnaturalness has no longer any office to fulfill. The choicest maxims that have come down to us are more beautiful or integral. Integrally wise, and they are wise to our understandings. This wisdom which we are inclined to pluck from their stalk is the point only of a single association. Every natural form, palm leaves and acorns, oak leaves and sumac and totter, are untranslatable aphorisms. What's he saying? He sees quotes in the plants. Uh, There. Hmm? He sees the writing in the trees. Uh Oh, you can see everything.
1: Mm -mm. So much wisdom, we see nothing, we're blind to everything.
0: He's saying you can become wise just by living in the woods. Uh August 23, why not live a hard and emphatic life? not to be avoided, full of adventures and work, and learn much in it, travel much, though it be only in these woods. <laughs> I sometimes walk across the field with unexpected expansion and long miscontent, as if there were a field worthy of me. The usual daily bounties of life are dispersed, and I see in what field I stand. When on my way this afternoon shall I go down this long hill in the rain to fish in the pond? I ask myself, and I say to myself, Yes, roam far, grasp life and conquer it, learn much and live. Your fetters are knocked off, you are really free. Stay till late in the night, be unwise and daring. See many men far and near in their fields and cottages before the sun sets. So as if many more were to be seen, and yet each rencontre, 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 shall be so satisfactory and simple that no
1: Recontre, actually, it's rencontre. Recontre? rencontre, rencontre,
0: <laughs> Each encounter.
1: Encounter,
0: yeah. R-E-N-C-O-N-T-R-E... Shall be so satisfactory and simple that no other shall seem possible. Not do not repose every night as villagers do. The noble life is continuous and unre, in, unintermitting. At least live with a longer radius. Men come home at night only from the next field or street where their household echoes haunt and their life pines is sickly because it breathes its own breath. He saying, go outside and breathe. <laughs> their shadows, morning and evening, reach farther than their daily steps. But come home from afar, from ventures and perils, from enterprise and discovery, crusading with faith and experience and character. Do not rest much. Dismiss prudence, fear, conformity. Remember only what is promised. Make the day light you, and the night hold a candle though you be falling from heaven to earth, quote, from morning to dewy eve, a summer's day. 1845, the mythologies, these vestiges of ancient poems, the world's inheritance still reflecting some of their original hues. Like the fragrance of clouds tinted by the departed sun, the wreck of poems, a retrospect of the loftiest fames, what survives of oldest fame, some fragment will still float into the light of summer day. And now I, his hour to the morning of creation. These are the materials and hints for a history of the rise and progress of the race. How from the condition of ants, it arrived at the condition of men. How arts were invented gradually, yet a thousand surmises shed some light on this story. We will not be confined by historical, even geological periods, which will allow us to doubt of a progress in human events. If we rise above this wisdom for the day, we shall expect that this morning of the race, in which they have been supplied with the simplest necessities, with corn and wine and honey and oil and fire, Articulate speech in agricultural and other arts reared up by degrees from the condition of ants to men will be succeeded by a day of equally progressive splendor, that in the lapse of the divine periods other divine agents and godlike men will assist to elevate the race as much above its present condition. 1845-46 to 46, It is worth the while to have lived a primitive wildness life at some time. Hmm. He's saying we should go camping out deep in the woods <laughs> uh, at some time. To know what are rather all the necessities of life and what methods society has taken to supply them. It is worth the while to have lived a primitive, wild wilderness life at some time, to know what are, after all, the necessities, necessaries of life, and what methods society has taken to supply them. I have looked over the old-day books of the merchants with the same view, to see what It was shopmen bought. They are the grossest groceries. Uh Salt is perhaps the most important article in such a list. Uh We're talking about what are the hardcore basic necessities. Uh What do we need on our trip to the woods? Uh Most commonly bought at the stores of object articles, commonly thought to be necessaries, are salt, sugar, molasses, cloth, by the farmer. You will see why stores or shops exist, not to furnish tea and coffee, but salt. Here's the rub, then. Remember how he was saying tea and coffee was not necessary? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I guess it isn't. I see how, but I, I don't think I can live without it.
1: <laughs> I have to
0: have something. I can't be a totally withdrawn ascetic monk. Oh. I see how I could supply myself with every other article which I need without using the shop's. And to obtain this might be the fit occasion for a visit to the seashore. Yet even salt cannot, strictly speaking, be called a necessary of human life, since many tribes do not use it. So, strictly speaking, dear, salt isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Isn't salt exist just naturally in some things?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. It's probably not heated. Mm-hmm. So they like to fight over the Indian. seems that Gandhi uh, is on the spot. Uh Uh, We just finished. uh, This is just the best selected. It's not the complete journals. It's the best of Thoreau's journals from, we just read uh, 1844 and 1845. And we saw how Thoreau achieved independence on Independence Day and he finally went to Walden at age about 28 and we smelled, he was just smelling his apple and we were learning how to smell apples and we learned that we didn't need salt or coffee or tea or sugar or do we need molasses? Do we need honey? No. We could rob the bees of their honey. We could find some honey bees and just rob their honey in the woods if we don't get stung. We were reading from uh Henry David Thoreau's journals eighteen forty four and forty five. Anything else? Mm-mm. All right.